From the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, this is Injury Insider with Derek Hayes. Injured in Georgia? Make the right call to the law office of Derek M. Hayes at 404-777-HURT. Injury Insider is presented by Status Home Design, your one-stop shop for all your home and gift needs. Hello, and welcome to Injury Insider with Derek Hayes on Business Radio X. We are broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio in the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. This show will answer legal questions and debunk personal injury myths with insight and expertise. For 25 years, Derek Hayes has exclusively represented injured parties in Georgia. Now he'd like to put that knowledge to work for you. My name is Lita Brooks, and it's my pleasure to introduce the star of the show, Mr. Derek Hayes. Good morning, Derek. Good morning. Good to be here again. Absolutely. It's great to see you. Great to be back in studio. Before we begin the show, a quick reminder that Injury Insider is brought to you by Status Market and Design, your one-stop shop for all your home and gift needs, and by the law office of Derek M. Hayes. Injured in Georgia, make the right call to the law office of Derek M. Hayes at 404-777-HURT. Okay, Derek, I'm going to start the show a little bit different today because normally at the end of every show, we conclude by telling everyone how they can find you, where they can submit questions. But you know what I'm thinking? If someone, let's say they're in traffic and they get to work and they miss that last five minutes of the show, they may miss the most important part. So I'm going to start today's show by giving you the mic. Tell everybody your websites, your social media handles right off the bat, and then we'll jump into the topic. But at least they know how to find Dare case. Yes, I can always count on you to have a good idea, and that's a great oh, one. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so, with that being said, my website is always the, the place to start. It's Derek, D E R E K, the letter M as in Matthew, and then Hayes, H A Y S, so Derek M Hayes.com. On my website, you'll see a chat feature that'll pop up, and you can directly chat with me or someone with, in, within my office uh, and ask questions. We'll respond directly, or you can send me an email. I'll answer a question about a potential case. Uh, I'll call you directly if you give me your phone number to discuss any potential claim and whether or not I can help you and how I can help you. Uh, there's also, too, a, a podcast tab. On the podcast tab, you can listen to any of the prior podcasts. I think we've done 30-something podcasts now. Uh, you can also submit a question for a, a future podcast or uh, make comments if you choose to or, or uh, you know, go through my blog post. I've had several blog posts. In fact, last show was dedicated to some of the most recent uh, blog posts. Like last week, I was missing up blog post and podcast. So you can read uh, many of the blogs that have been out there in the past. Also, too, my uh, social media platforms, uh, law offices of Derek M. Hayes. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Uh, and then, too, you can call me. My phone number is, as you said, 404-777-HURT or 678-225-0970. All right, I'd like to say we got that out of the way. Now yes. we can jump into the show, but that is the most important part. And if someone's listening and they said, hmm, I wonder, you know, how I can reach him or, oh, I have a great question or maybe a question comes to them from a family member. We do every so often, you compile all the questions and do a show just based on listener questions. So yes. we do try to answer all of them if it's not directly related to a case that needs more immediate attention. Correct. And as you said, I can't give specific legal advice to someone I 
I don't technically represent. But in general terms, I can respond to those questions. In fact, I've even had a question. You may remember the college kid that that uh, asked the question about law school and why mm-hmm. I chose to go to law school. Yes. And, uh, he was debating about whether or not he wanted to or if he should, and and we discussed that in a prior podcast. So I've had all kinds of questions, and they've come from Michigan, from, I want to say, California. Yeah, you had some from California. North Carolina, and then, of course, here in Georgia. So I've had them from all over the place, which We've is great. had some from Florida. Yeah, Florida. Yeah, that's, that's right. So anyway, so everyone's listening. Uh, we haven't checked the numbers, but I believe last time it was we're over 10 million downloads. Yeah, that on sounds show. great. So you've got you've got a huge following and lots of listeners. So everybody, go do like, share, follow, five star reviews, all that great stuff. Derek so graciously gives his time as a teacher. This that is why he's doing this. He's educating all of us. And for all of you listening, let's show him a little appreciation too. And because it's fun. It is very fun. As an attorney, you love to talk. You can't be a great attorney if you don't <laughs> love to talk. Uh, it's kind of the, one of the most important skills. You gotta be able to great be a great communicator. That's right. Tell a story. Tell us what we're going to talk about today. So in the past I've done lectures, I've done seminars, I've done all kinds of things where I've had a chance to speak to uh, uh, audiences about personal injury claims in Georgia. This is one I did. I was invited by a doctor's office to come and give a quick spill about personal injury to their staff. And it was multiple offices that came together. I think this is when I originally did this this, uh, lecture, if you want to call it that. Uh, But it's kind of a a general breakdown of personal injury claims, simplifying it to uh, touch on the most basic topics. Um, I do want to kind of do that today. I was going to do another blog post podcast but i decided i'd put that on the back burner and and spend a couple of weeks doing this this you is have to practice saying that yes that's why it had to go on the podcast. back burner yeah. it's kind of like lita yeah as opposed to lita lita right lita thank you so with that in mind i will pick back up on the blog post podcast in the future but uh this will probably take a couple of weeks a couple of shows to cover uh, this the the seminar the topics but and some of these things I've talked about before in prior podcasts about uh, elements of a claim about the kinds of damages but this was put together uh, again to teach and you reference teaching in the intro and that's kind of why this was done and hopefully a lot of people can listen and learn from it I know that they will we're gonna start at the top we're gonna go to the question what are the elements of a claim Right. Well, to, to be able to, it's called issues, issue spotting when you're in law school. you got to be able to spot issues. you got to know whether or not the issues are there to uh, pursue a claim or to, to have a claim. And, and personal injury, the elements of a claim, very simply, you've got to have what we refer to as liability or negligence, either one. Liability, negligence means somebody did something wrong. And you've got to be able to prove that. Think about in terms of a car wreck. Uh, You're sitting in a red light and minding your own business and somebody comes flying up behind you, not paying attention. They rear end you. Well, there's liability. There's negligence in their conduct. They uh, rear ended you and you're simply sitting waiting on a light to turn green. So the first element, you got to have some sort of negligence. Uh, Refer to it sometimes as a breach of a duty. Then you've got damages. Now, there are a couple of kinds of damages that are in every claim. There's a third kind we'll talk about in a second, but damages, uh, there's special damages and general damages. Now, special damages are things you have receipts for. Think about it in those terms. Uh, As an example, a medical bill. You go to the hospital, you have an ambulance bill, a hospital bill, an ER doctor bill, a radiology bill. Some hospitals bill separately for their pharmacy. You go to your primary care physician, a physical therapist, a chiropractor. Chiropractor, Yeah, those are all special damages. Also, think about your lost wages. Uh, if you miss time from work because of your injuries, there's going to be a definitive window of time where you could not work, which would document the amount of money you've lost 
in wages. So those are all special damages, dollar amounts that can be put on paper. The next would be general damages. Now, general damages, nobody's going to give you a receipt for. Think about pain and suffering. Pain and suffering is relative to the individual person. A jury, in other words, may be more willing to give a significant amount of pain and suffering to, say, someone in their 80s or 90s, uh, as opposed to an Olympic athlete in their 20s who's in tip-top shape in a car wreck, simply because the pain and suffering is, again, relative to the person. Someone in terrific shape may recover very quickly or not have the same kind of continued effects of their injuries as someone in their 80s or 90s who's not in tip-top shape. And obviously, as the body grows old, you're going to have those those feeble moments and, and ages where it's going to affect you a lot more uh, seriously than it would someone else. The third kind of damages is not always there, but it's referred to as punitive damages. Now, punitive damages are designed to punish someone for what we call egregious conduct. Conduct that is so bad, it allows a jury to give you more money to punish them, to prevent them from ever doing the same stupid thing again in the future. Again, think about a car wreck, DUI, hit and run, okay. reckless driving, I was going to say, we need, I need an example. But Those sure, are all sure. examples of where punitive damages would come into play okay. to hopefully punish the person severely enough that they don't go out and do that same stupid thing again on down the road. And then finally, causation. Causation means you've got to show that all of those damages, the injuries, the medical expenses, uh, everything flowed from that specific act of negligence. Uh, again, think about the rear-end collision. If you had a broken arm, uh, you broke your arm the day before, you were riding a motorcycle and fell off of it, and you're in a car wreck, well, you can't allege the arm was broken in the car wreck because it was broken the day before. But there may be some uh, additional pain, some additional uh, you know, therapy that has to be done as a result of an sure. aggravation uh, right. of it that pre existing It could have been healing, problem. right, Correct. and now it's re injured. Or if you broke your arm and you now have a compound fracture, a bone sticking out of your uh, arm, you, clearly they're not going to argue you woke up that, wa- right. that way that morning and just simply had a car wreck on the way to work or on the way to, to whatever you may have been doing. Um, so causation is connecting the dots. It's connecting the dots of the liability or the negligence, whatever you want to call it, to the individual damages, the special damages, the general damages, and, of course, the punitive damages. I, I do want to tell a tw- quick story because we love to talk about stories here. Yes. So one of my favorites many years ago, and I don't think I've told this story on a, a prior podcast, I represented a lady who was with her child, and they were driving down a, a rural residential, not a rural, but a residential roadway that said one lane in each direction. And they're coming into a curve, and as they're coming into a curve, two teenage boys who were both driving, uh, interestingly enough, convertible Mustangs, uh, were racing each other. And one was in her lane of traffic, the other was in the correct lane of traffic. And as they came into the curve, the one that was in her lane swerved to avoid hitting her, and wound up fishtailing and caused the other vehicle to clip her car, which sent her off of the road into a, a ravine, into a ditch. Uh, she was severely injured. Her child, thankfully, was not as badly hurt. But nonetheless, there were injuries to, to the child as well. So in that claim, we had a, a, a case against both drivers. They were truly racing, which again opened the door to punitive damages. And the reason why we knew they were racing is because I had a witness who was sitting on her front porch... <sighs> Wow. Who watched the boys prior to the wreck pull up side by side in the roadway and a teenage girl got out of one of the cars and raised her hands like you see in the TV shows, the movies, and lowered her hands. And as she did, they revved their engines and they took off and they were jockeying for position as they drove down the roadway. And as they went into the curve, this lady who was sitting on her front porch 
watched them enter the curve, and then almost immediately heard the loud crash of the cars. Well, it piqued her interest for two reasons. One, her children were playing in the front yard, and she was scared that you know these kids were about to you know go flying by their house, which they did. But the second reason is she's an insurance agent. She sells insurance for a living. And she, of course, in her position working for an insurance company, was aware of the, the risk and what was about to happen and was scared of what may happen as they entered that curve. Well, she was my star witness in the case because both of the kids blamed each other. One driver said, well, the other guy tried to cut me off. He was trying to pass me in a no passing zone. I'm minding my own business. And the other driver said, well, I was trying to pass because he was going 15, 20 miles per hour in a 35 mile per hour zone. And as I tried to pass, he accelerated to prevent me from getting back over, which led to us going into the curve. And that's what led to me having to cut him off. But my star witness that I had, who, who was also listed on the police report, came forward and said, no, no, that's not at all what happened. I watched them. I watched them line up. I watched them accelerate. Mm-hmm. I watched them peel out and drive fast by my house. And I watched them enter the curve side by side. And I saw that they were racing, clearly. Could the mother who was injured, could she tell they were racing? No, no. because She didn't know? You know, think about a split second. You're, you're entering a blind curve. Okay. And then suddenly and somebody appears in your, sure. your lane of traffic. So without this eyewitness, we never would have known whether or not the boys were telling the truth, either one of them. Yeah, they bl- there was pointing fingers. They blamed each other. But he- here's the real kicker in this. So there were two different insurance companies. I'm not going to name them. Uh, one of them we refer to many times as Snake Farm, but I'm not saying that name. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> the other one is All Snake. And again, I'm not saying their, their name either. So, uh, But the, the two insurance companies involved, uh, again, blamed the other kid. It wasn't us. It was them. It wasn't us. It was them. So this star eyewitness who watched this all happen came forward, and and, uh, I talked to her on the phone at length, and she explained what she saw. And I said, would you be willing to testify? Oh, absolutely. It it not only scared me, but it it made me very angry. This is my road. The other interesting part is her last name was the same as the name of the road because her family, Mm -hmm. extended family, has lived on that roadway for, for generations. And that's how familiar she is with this road. It's named after her family. So she was deposed in this case by the defense attorney for the insurance company that she's an agent for in her profession, in her career. And she was so angry that they did not believe her and they challenged her and deposed her and would not listen to her saying these kids were racing, that she left that insurance company and open an agency for another insurance company because she said to me, it, 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 it's frustrating to know that I'm selling policies to people from an insurance company that in a situation clear as day from an independent eyewitness who can testify as to what happened won't even believe someone who's employed by them. They challenged me. They, they did. They, they, in the deposition, of course, it's, it's a cross-examination of, of her as a witness. Uh, they hammered her, and, and are you sure that's what you saw? And, and she was very clear and very adamant. Yes, absolutely. I was terrified. My kids, my young children, were playing in the front yard. This kid could have lost control and gone into my yard and, and killed my kid. He could have killed my client. Yeah. Isn't that their job, though? I mean, you're a plaintiff's attorney, but if you were a defense attorney, I mean, no matter who she is, isn't it their job to not see quite as much money go out the door 
Uh, well, you know. you've heard the phrase, and I use it all the time, a zealous advocate. Their job well, is to be a zealous right. advocate for their client. I mean, I feel client. like she took it a little personally. Well, she did. She Absolutely she did. But it was also, too, uh, that feeling of why am I selling policies right. for a company. Hey, good for her. I'm that, not. I'm on her side, but right, I don't right. know who she is. Oh, so, I was, know. too. I mean, she was yeah. on my side. Yeah, she, she, I'm just saying. I, I, You know me. I see everything in both well, ways. Well, the, the final point of the story was the case actually settled the night before trial. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not. They didn't want to go to trial. We were we were set to, to do jury selection. It was a Wednesday or a Thursday. And I got a call, I say the night before. It's late, late in the afternoon from uh, one of the attorneys and said, we'd like to have a conference call with both sides and, and you. And I said, absolutely. And they finally paid the appropriate value on the claim that they'd refused to do all along. So, so as an attorney, we're going back to the section that we just covered, elements of a claim. Now, I have been in a wreck. I don't know all these things. I'm coming to you for your expertise, correct? So as I'm talking and you look at me and you say, okay, what happened? Are you mentally going through this checklist? Do you know it so well that as I'm talking and I said, okay, I was at a stoplight and somebody hit me and then, you know, you're asking all the right questions. But my point is it, it be this, which I will never remember, right? Because I'm just a lay person. And, but this is truly you being a plaintiff's attorney for you know personal injury, this is is second nature to sure, you. Sure, sure. Right? All twenty five plus years. You're looking for all these steps, right? Twenty five plus years of doing this, you know the questions to ask, and you know exactly the information that really matters. And and clients, um, you know, when somebody calls about a potential new case, there are times where they just want to tell their story, and I'm going to let them, but I'm also going to ask the appropriate follow up questions to see whether or not the elements of a claim are actually there. You know, if they were cited for the wreck uh, as well, and it's a moving violation, uh, failure to yield at a stop sign, well, I've got a liability issue because they're going to potentially be blamed for the wreck just as much as the other person. Uh, So there there are things that I need to know and I will ask in that initial consult uh, to determine whether or not it's something I can actually help them with. The next section, we've covered many podcast about this because it's to me as the layperson this is the most complicated and this is the insurance portion correct right, right so i will stress because i do hear this a lot you just hear it a lot in passing um you've been in an accident i don't i don't want to sue that person they were so nice they got out they felt so bad it was an accident it was an elderly person it, so we've tried to help the misconception that you're it, it's not person to person there's always an insurance company behind this but it's the insurance component that makes it technical and complicated and scary for someone like me who would have no idea what to do uh, that's why I was asking about the elements of the claim because again for someone like me I just want to make sure that we're coming across you know this is why you need an attorney and we try to stress that a lot in these podcasts but moving into the insurance portion of this I'm going to let you take over yeah. and explain all the points uh, that basically come in into the next next step of having a claim. Well, this goes back to what you just asked a few minutes ago, and that is asking questions. After they've told me about the wreck, then I want to know about insurance. I want to know what they know so far. And sometimes they won't know who the liability carrier is, and I'll explain that in a second. But they will know who their insurance company is. Uh, at least they should anyway. And they may not know what their coverage is but I can walk them through the process of figuring it out so we can go from there. But let's start with the insurance, the at-fault driver. Let's go back to the example. You're rear-ended at a stop sign uh, or a red light. So the liability coverage is the insurance coverage you carry on your car 
in case you hit and injure someone else. Every state has a different mandatory minimum coverage. Many states have 25,000 per person, 50,000 per occurrence. Some have 5,100, some have 1020, some have uh, you know different numbers, uh, 30, 60. But in Georgia, it's 25,000 per person, 50,000 per occurrence. And I say Georgia because that's where we're located. Uh, however, I do handle claims throughout the country. But in Georgia, 25,000 per person. What that means is the liability insurance coverage, if someone is injured as a result of my negligence, I've caused a wreck, the most that any one person in that wreck can get is up to 25,000. 50,000 is the maximum per wreck, meaning that the most my insurance carrier Whatever pay for that entire wreck would be up to $50,000 for bodily injury claims. I'm not talking about property damage. I'm talking solely about the injury claims. So imagine a bus of 50 people, and I, heaven forbid, I run it off a cliff, and all 50 people are killed, and I only have 25000 per That's person. A terrible example. Well, yeah, yes, it is. And I hope and pray it never happens. But nonetheless, I have 25000 per person, 50000 per occurrence. The most any one of those death claims could get would be up to twenty five thousand. The most paid for the entire wreck would be fifty grand. So if fifty people were killed, well, you know, kind of common sense says each one of those death claims would have a thousand dollars because that's fifty thousand and that's it. That's the liability insurance coverage. You also look for what we refer to as umbrella coverage. Many professions, attorneys, doctors, accountants, uh, have what we call umbrella coverage. Umbrella coverage is a general liability policy that covers you and anyone in your household. Uh, umbrella policies can be 500000 750000 a million, $5 million, $10 million, whatever you want to make it, you, you can clearly insure uh, with an umbrella policy. And that's to protect your own personal assets or your business interest. So having an umbrella policy, if I only had 25000 per person, but I've got a million-dollar umbrella policy, that million dollars is also available to pay that claim where I'm negligent. Uh, but it also protects my personal assets. It's there as extra insurance beyond my car insurance. Uh, think about this. If, if I'm on the job when I cause the wreck and I'm an employee of a big company, well, there's, and we've talked about this before in a prior podcast, respondeat superior. Uh, respondeat superior simply means that my employer is vicariously negligent for my conduct. So their insurance coverage will now kick in on top of my own personal coverage to take care of whatever you know I may have done to, to uh, compensate those that were injured because of my negligence. That's the insurance coverage for the at-fault driver. But sometimes, maybe all the time, you answer that. But you can, if I'm the plaintiff, you can look at my insurance too. Yes. Correct? Yes. It's, it's important to know what coverage you have. And I did a whole pol- uh, podcast about things your insurance agent should have told you when you purchased insurance, and they didn't. And I've covered this repeatedly in in lectures uh, to clients all the time. So when you think about your own coverage, a lot of people think, well, I just want to get the minimum. I just want to get my liability. And that's all you're required to carry in Georgia is liability coverage. That's it. So if somebody goes in and says, I need to insure my car, well, the agent may say, well, all you're required to have is $25,000 per person, $50,000 per occurrence and liability. Hey, that's great. If that's the least expensive route, let me do that. That's all I want to do. But you don't think about what else you need. Let's talk about what you need. UM, UIM. UM is uninsured motorist. UIM is underinsured motorist. And you generally have both of those together. UM would be uninsured motorist where the person that caused the wreck had no coverage at all. And the statistics show, I believe the most recent was 37%, I think it was, 
of Georgia drivers or people on the roadways in Georgia have no insurance at all, none. With the pandemic, with the economy issues that's and a scary inflation, yeah. that's unfortunately one of the first things that people drop is car insurance. So the numbers of people that are driving uninsured are going up, unfortunately. But uninsured motorist is there on your own personal policy in case the person that hit you had no coverage at all. And it's, it's extremely beneficial, especially if you get hit by someone who's uninsured. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you may not have a route to recovery. Nothing. Underinsured is additional coverage above and beyond their liability coverage. So if, for example, you have 100000 per person, 300000 per occurrence, and underinsured, and they only had 2550 well, that opens the door for extra coverage through your own personal policy that otherwise you may not have. You would be limited by the liability if you didn't have that underinsured. A very quick point about underinsured motorists. There are two kinds. One is considered considered to be the traditional or, or the one that's been around in Georgia for many years. It's called offset, where you take the amount of your un- underinsured coverage, say 100000 and you subtract from that the amount of liability coverage, say 25000 Well, it's a difference of 75000 You're now entitled to the difference up to 75000 to make it a grand total of one hundred. On the other hand, add-on underinsured motorists, which has not been around very long here in Georgia, is just what it says. You add your underinsured on top of the liability. So they had 25 in liability, and you have 100 in underinsured add-on. You now have up to 125,000 in coverage. So it's extremely beneficial if you have a catastrophic injury to have significant underinsured motorists to make sure that you're going to be compensated appropriately, especially if they only have minimum coverage. Next, MedPay. MedPay in Georgia is MPC. It's also referred to, as I said, as MedPay or medical payment coverage. That's kind of like health insurance on your car. You can have MedPay limits of $500, $1,000. i have seen clients with $100,000 in MedPay. Uh, what MedPay does, it steps in and pays your medical expenses up to your MedPay limits. And the best news of all is you don't have to reimburse that. There's a case called Duncan v. Enagon here in Georgia that prevents us from having to reimburse the MedPay carrier. So if MedPay paid $50,000 in medical bills, and you settle your case with the liability company, you don't then have to turn around and pay 50000 back to your insurance company. It basically puts that $50,000 back in your own pocket. So it's a very beneficial thing to have. Other states have PIP, which is personal injury protection. I'm not going to go into that. Or FFA, which is family financial assistance. Again, a little bit different. So uh, these are things that you purchase against your insurance plan in your when own you, policy. right when you Correct. sit down to write it Correct. you can put all these things on there and my point is they're very good things to have because you never mm-hmm. can count on the other person that's hit you to have enough coverage you know i've always said it seems like the people that have the most catastrophic injuries are the ones that are hit by those with either no insurance or the twenty-five thousand per person and i've had some that have had very 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 minor injuries in the grand scheme of things hit by a tractor trailer with a million dollars in coverage you always wish you could pick and choose who right. hit you and what their coverage is, but you can't. Right. What you can do, though, is prepare to address that by bumping up your own coverage on your own car insurance. Uh, collision coverage is there for your car repair. Again, if the person that, that hit you had no insurance at all, it's a way to, to, to do the repair work. Uh, workers' comp, uh, if you're on the job, when you're injured, uh, you've got a worker's comp claim, which it would be, you know, of course, through your, your employer, and I'm not going to talk about comp, but you also have the car wreck claim against the individual that caused your wreck, unless it's a fellow employee, which is an exception in the comp rules. But uh, if you are injured while you're in the course and scope of employment by someone else, you have a car wreck claim and you have a worker's comp claim 
Again, people don't realize that. Don't seek attorneys to help them. Uh, and of course, that's all of what I would do. That, that's Those are the kinds of things that as your attorney, I would look into to make sure we maximize your recovery by maximizing your coverage. So I was, I'm just going to go with maybe the majority of people that are listening. This is before I met you. I was in a car accident and didn't use an attorney and I didn't know any of this. And now, you know, I kick myself because you're going through this whole list and I'm thinking, what did I not know? Sure, sure. That, you know, my infant son was in the back and thankfully he wasn't injured. I was pretty, you know, bumped and bruised and nothing catastrophic or, you know, nothing even serious. But I didn't know any of this. And to me, that is the absolute most beneficial part of you doing this podcast because you're teaching all of us again most people probably just like me uh, I'm an educated woman and had no idea that all of this went into a car accident or a claim or even some other kind of negligence that we're, sure. we're talking mostly today you know in a car wreck using that uh, hypothetically but there are a lot of other ways to be injured that all of these steps come into play yeah and when I did this lecture before I remember telling the story and I'll tell it now um I represented a, a friend, actually someone from church, someone I've known for years, who, um, kind of like you, thought, well, you know, it was a car wreck. Uh, there were some pretty bad injuries, actually, and and the liability carrier only had 25000 in coverage, and almost immediately they reached out to the family and said, we know the severity of the injuries, we know the how significant the impact was, we apologize, we're sorry, we hate to hear about it. Medical bills were probably twenty to $30,000, again, I don't remember for sure. But the insurance company said our policy limit is twenty five thousand. We are going to go ahead and write you a check for twenty five thousand uh, dollars. We're going to get it out to the in the mail to you overnight. You'll get it tomorrow. There'll be a release form. You'll need to sign that. Get it back to us. We'll provide an envelope. So they received the check. They received the release form and got to thinking about it and called me and had never called me before. The wreck had happened uh, a couple of months before. Had never talked to me at all about what had happened. They called me. And they said, "I just want to ask you a few questions. I'm not feeling." comfortable about this and they explained to me what had happened they explained to me they got a check for 25 grand a, what was known as a general release form which a general release form closes out the entire claim period once you sign that form you've closed the door on any and all claims uh, so they were concerned wanted to make sure they were doing the right thing and thankfully they did because what they did not realize because they didn't have the knowledge is that they had a hundred thousand dollars in underinsured motorist coverage own their own personal car parked in their driveway. They had a second car at home that also had $100,000 on it. Those two policies were able to be stacked, meaning that they could be added together. So they had now an extra $200,000 wow. in coverage on their two vehicles parked at home. The liability insurance company would never have told them that because they sure. don't care. And it's not on them to explain the law. They're not going to. Their personal car insurance coverage was definitely not going to tell them, oh, by the way, just so you know, you've got another $200,000 mm -hmm. in your underinsured coverage that you know we're on the hook for if you come to us. So just by chance, they, they had second thoughts. Well, let's just reach out and ask Eric about this. I you know talked to him. I looked at the information. I looked at their own personal policy. And it was like the light bulb went off. It was that moment of, wow, we didn't know that. And as a result, I wound up taking on the claim, and we got the full $200,000 from those two UIM policies on their cars parked at home that they would have compromised if they had signed off on that $25,000 check and that release form and closed the door. So 
again, there are times where insurance companies will take advantage of of you not knowing. And, and again, an attorney is there to make sure that uh, the insurance companies not only do what they should do, but your, your recovery is is maximized. You are there to be a zealous advocate Bingo. for your clients. Yes. That's wonderful. So there's a lot more to unpack, and we're going to have to do it in a second show. Yeah, we will. I'll and just that's pick great. Up right. Absolutely. I mean, we're going to talk about treatment, medical bills, lost wages, values of claims, uh, insurance company traps, and we've touched on it, but really, truly... Uh, why hire an attorney? And I, I think that last story just sums it up the best. And, you know, this is not meant to be here, and, and I hope that doesn't come across. This is not a sales pitch. I mean, this is absolutely an informative podcast, and and we're grateful that, you know, you're giving us your time and, and teaching us all this very valuable information. We started the show with how to find you. Give us a quick synopsis, because we always end yes. the show that way. Just, just throw out your website and how uh, someone who's listening, maybe now that they've listened to the show, now they have some questions. Yeah, I will say this. Um, you know, that's a perfect example, that, that last story. If you were involved in a car wreck and an insurance company almost immediately says, hey, look, we want to go ahead and send you our policy limits, you know, you might want to still reach out and talk to me. I'll be happy to discuss it with you because there could very well be additional coverage you're just not aware of. Uh, we, we didn't even talk about the resident relative statute here in Georgia and some other states. But nonetheless, uh, to reach me, again, go to my website. It's Derek, D-E-R-E-K, the letter M as in Matthew, Hayes, H-A-Y-S dot com. Uh, you can do the chat feature, the email feature, the uh, you know, the podcast feature, any of those, you can reach out to me that way. Social media platforms, law offices of Derek M. Hayes on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, or call me 404-777-HURT. I'll be happy to discuss your potential claim with you and love to work for you. Thank you so much for joining us on Injury Insider with Derek Hayes, presented by Status Market and Design and the law offices of Derek M. Hayes. Don't forget that you can enjoy any of these episodes anytime by visiting businessradiox.com, clicking the Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking on Injury Insider with Derek Hayes. This program is also available on Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Until next time, for Derek Hayes, I'm Lita Brooks, and you've been listening to Injury Insider on Business Radio X. Business Radio X.